welcome to All the Queen's Men. I'm Nigel Rabbit, and with me is my co-host, Five Star Phil. Thank you, Ronald Nigel. Nice to be here. It's lovely to have you. It's wonderful, to, it's wonderful to be alive to be here. And especially, you were feeling rather dreadful. Oh, God, I tell you what, man. I, I, I couldn't have come in here if you had paved the road with gold coins and, and salami sandwiches. There's no chance. No way. I couldn't have done it. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're feeling better. Glad you're here. Yeah. Uh, Will and I, we, uh, we, we struggled our way through. Uh, Will suffered <laughs> listening to me the whole time. Thank thank God someone with some music in their voices is, is here. Well, I'm here to act as a buffer between you and him, so... I'm, thank uh, goodness, thank goodness. Yeah. So, <clears throat> we're here in the uh, Young Ideas studios at TrueTexasRadio.com. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, Queen album. Today, we're going to talk about Queen 2. That sounds like a good idea, seeing as it was Queen 1 last week. Absolutely, absolutely. Excellent. The, the sophomore, sophomore uh, album for Queen. Which they usually say is a curse, but in this case, not so much. Actually, it was a really, really well-received album yeah. in comparison to uh, the uh, Queen 1. Uh, Queen 1, and I forgot to mention this uh, last show, uh, but uh, Queen 1, the uh, UK album, char- or the UK charts, right. uh, charted peak position was 47 <laughs> when it was originally released. In the US, it, it made it to 83. It's better than mine. Uh, right, right, it's much better than our yeah, album. Yeah, so. yeah. But uh, uh, Queen Two, Queen Two peaked in the UK at uh, number five, nice. uh, which is re- especially given the fact that they only had uh, one single off mm-hmm. of the album, uh, and then in the US they peaked at forty nine. So they did a really nice job with, with Queen Two. So uh, Queen Two uh, released in nineteen seventy four. Um, the uh, album is the most visually iconic. Um, in all of Queen's catalogue, mm-hmm. mostly due to the fact that it was uh, the the cover was taken by uh, rock and roll photographer Mick Rock, uh, and it was later the image that was used for the Bohemian Rhapsody video. Uh, but uh, Mick Rock was inspired actually by a Marlena Dietrich photo from Shanghai Express, and uh, cre- and the image that uh, he used, he was so impressed with it. Uh, showed it off to the band. Mercury's only question was, uh, only concern was, but is it fabulous? Yes, yes. Uh, mission accomplished. I right. think you'll find. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, although the original Queen album released in, uh, uh, well, was the original album was originally completed in November of '72. It actually uh, didn't get released until July of '73 because of the, uh, what the management company was doing to try and get it produced. After the release, Queen, or after the recording, Queen immediately t- started touring to promote the album. Uh, but by the time the album was released, they had al- they were already set to record Queen 2. Several of the songs that they had were written before the initial recording sessions at Delaney Studios for the demo. Uh, and they had also had some new material as well. Uh, after demanding the Trident Studio allow them to, s- to record during normal business hours instead of sneaking in after hours yeah right, right, absolutely. right. Yeah, imagine imagine having to do that uh, Queen actually started looking for a producer one of the first people that they approached Bowie yeah they, they reached out to David Bowie aim high absolutely you know. uh, Bowie uh, unfortunately had to uh, refuse he was in the middle of recording pinups and working writing songs for the Diamond Dogs album stupid successful career right honestly how come on dare he? How dear, dare he? dear not to mention yeah, taking his time penning the greatest <laughs> the, the greatest hit that uh, Mott the Hoople ever had Triviality. right so the album was largely produced by Roy Thomas Baker who uh, produced Queen One uh, and Robin Cable assisting with uh, Nevermore Funny How Love Is and uh, specifically assisted Baker with March of the Black Queen. 
complex album with layered harmonies, layered vocals, layered instruments, but it only took one month, August of uh, 73, to record. Nice work. Uh, it's attributed to uh, the hard rock, the glam rock, the art rock, the heavy metal genres, uh, and to uh, step out of the norm, they labeled uh, the label decides side uh, the white side and the black side opposed to A and B. Although the uh, although it's a seemingly uh, thematic album, uh, Queen has uh, stated this is not a concept album. Although a number of fans believe it truly to be a concept album, uh, specifically based off of the heavy fantasy themes. Not to mention, uh, as we talked about in the last show, right. uh, the appearance of Rye. Uh, Freddie Mercury's Fantasy World. Um, it's received a number of accolades. Uh, it was uh, ninth in the albums that everyone uh, that should be in everyone's record collection, but isn't by the Post Tribune. Uh, it's album uh, number 202 in the 1994 edition of Guinness's all-time Top 1000 albums. So, I mean... Not too shabby. Yeah, that's not a fair pace. Yeah. Uh, in 2003, it was included in Q Magazine's little-known albums recommended by the magazine. Uh, featured in Classic Rock and Heavy Metal's 200 Greatest Albums of the 70s, alongside Sheer Heart Attack, next uh, next week's episode, mm-hmm. uh, a- as one of the 20 Greatest Albums of 1974. IGN Music named Queen 2 one of their top 10 classic glam albums. Mojo ranked Queen 2 60th Greatest Album released by Elektra Records. It's featured in the 1,001st albums You Must Hear Before You Die, along with Sheer Heart Attack and Night at the Opera. It's actually Axl Rose's favorite Queen album. Well, I mean, you can't get better than that, can you? I mean, well, yeah, I mean, go I mean, on. These days, Axl Rose is one of those people you go, oh, he's a bit rubbish. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have to wait that long, mate, honestly. I, I really didn't. All right, but, but at the same time, you know, the fact that it's. Uh, you pay attention to Axl Rose's oh, yeah. music yeah, and yeah. what he does, and then you go. This is your favorite album? Mm-hmm. All right. Fair and uh, Billy Corgan of the Smashing Pumpkins, the owner of uh, the NWA, has uh, spoke about Queen 2 as one of the records that changed his life. Mm. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and uh, listen. We're going to listen to uh, uh, the album, and we'll talk a little bit after and afterwards. Let's do it. Let's go for it.
father to son
my favorite song on the album mm-hmm. that was uh, White Queen as it began preceding that was uh, Father to Son and starting the album was Procession Procession was written by Brian May it's an instrumental a funeral march it was performed by May on uh, a multi-track guitar that of course was the legendary Red Special Brian May's homemade guitar it was through the Deakey amp which was a custom amplifier made by John Deacon Father to Son was also a Brian May track. Uh, neither of these, of course, uh, went to uh, went to singles. Um, and uh, Father to Son, multi-track guitar, just like Procession, mm-hmm. played through the DK amp, heavily used on tour sets, uh, with uh, vocals by both Brian or both Roger Taylor and and Freddie Mercury. So that was very exciting. There's a quality. There's a quality to uh, Brian May's guitar work. You can you can spot it mile away. Oh, you know, it's almost like it, 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 it makes the the chords sound like bells. It's it's um you, like I say, you can tell it a mile away. Oh, especially when he's on the Red Special. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for for those fans or, or you know first time listeners to to Queen, because you know you, you saw a post on Twitter and went, what's this? Uh, the Red Special was a guitar that he made actually when he was fourteen with his father in his home. Uh, you know, it just goes to show him bloody brilliant Brian is absolutely yeah and you know uh, astrophysicist doctor in astro- uh, astrophysics now, yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I'm going to use uh, uh, father and son as a segue to apologize to fans uh, for uh, a mistake I made last uh, last show 
I had made the mistake of uh, of uh, labeling and stating that uh, the song uh, by Brian May, uh, "Sons and Daughters," was "Sons and Daughters." It's actually "Son and Daughter." Uh -huh. and yeah, it's what happens when I'm typing too fast when I'm making my notes. Well, I, I can just uh, let me just uh, reassure the listener that I will be uh, taking Nigel outside and giving him what we call a thorough kicking for that Ooh. particular. I'm sorry, it's got to be done. Know, we have to right. maintain quality it's here. You a, know, it's absolutely, it is. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, and the fun part is, is you know, I'm, I'm going to earn it because later I'm, I'm, we'll talk about another mistake that I made. Lovely. So, Two for the price of one. Nice. And uh, to the to the White Queen. White Queen has kind of a, I guess, a, a subtitle. It's in brackets. Princesses. White Queen as it began. Uh, incidentally, as it began is the uh, title of the uh, official biography of uh, Queen mm -hmm. as put together by uh, members of the Queen fan club. Most read. Uh, it, it's actually a very lovely read. Yeah. It's one of yeah. my favorites. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, White Queen was also written by Brian May. He was actually inspired by the Robert Graves essay The White Goddess and uh, a fellow student actually uh, that May revered and thought that she represented the ideal of the quote-unquote perfect woman. Hmm. Uh, it features his uh, hair-fred guitar with a replacement hardwood bridge, chiseled flat with a small piece of fret wire placed between the strings, which produced kind of that sitar sound mm -hmm. that we were hearing. Mm -hmm. um, now, the next track is arguably my favorite on the album, although there's so many good pieces on this album, it's very hard for me to say, ooh, this is definitely my favorite. But this one, at the very least, as far as Brian May compositions are concerned, this one is absolutely my favorite. Uh, this is going to be uh, Someday, One Day, written by Brian May. Not, uh, not released as a single. Uh, it was the first song sung entirely by Brian May on a Queen album. So it'll be the first time that we get to listen to May on vocals. It contains three guitar solos, an acoustic solo, an electric solo, and a last fade-out solo. And it's considered a very complex piece because all of the guitars play separate pieces. Let's listen to Someday, One Day. Thank you. 
my favorite Brian May compositions on the album. Could very well be my my favorite Brian May composition overall. Uh, it, it it's I mean for a guitar enthusiast, it, it's rich. It's there's a lot of work on it. And you know, for me. Let's be honest. If I could sing it, mm-hmm. and especially, I mean, back in my youth, I used to have a, a range comparable—not the power, but right. the range comparable yeah. with Freddie. And you know, as I've gotten older, the pipes have gotten a little mm-hmm. rusted. Right. Uh, but uh, I can, I can still, I can still manage to get someday, one day, out all the way through without going. Oh, oh God, mm-hmm. what am I doing? Uh, but one of my favorite pieces. Uh, now, the next piece and the last track on the white side of Queen 2 is Loser in the End, written by Roger Taylor, uh, like like most of the album, not not ever made into a single. Uh, it's his sole written contribution on the album, and he's also the lead vocalist on the song, and it, uh, they actually discovered uh, notes. Mm-hmm. They discovered his handwritten, uh, his handwritten lyrics. Uh, they're now stored safely in the Queen archive, but they're the earliest example of handwritten lyrics uh, from Roger Taylor. And one of the things I, I particularly enjoy uh, and find mildly amusing, and I'm going to have to look to see where the quote comes from, but at one point, Roger Taylor was set, was quoted at saying that rock and roll shouldn't be very deep, it should be, it should be frivolous, it should be fun. Yet, out of all the members of Queen, He's the one that tends to write the most meaningful and the deepest lyrics. And this one's very interesting. This song's actually about... Uh, it's about motherhood and being a mother and having to let your children leave the home. So let's have a listen to Loser in the End. Yeah. 
My mum, when I would play this on the stereo, she would get upset about this song. She's like, that's that's mean, that's rude. <laughs> uh, I don't think she ever really listened to the rest of the lyrics, but it, I mean, it's talking about you know, the, the fact you're going to have to let your children go. Right. She's going to have to end up, uh, mum's going to have to end up without the children, without the, the, the kids in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the, the, his assertion is, is that... Yeah, that's kind of she's she's kind of at the loss. She's yeah. on the short end of the stick there. Yeah, she's not too keen. You know what I mean? She's not uh, not happy about thinking about that. Maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, no, no, probably not. But yeah. I mean, I, uh, the one thing I did like about that is uh, Roger Taylor did throw in the, the the lyric that if you miss if you misuse your mother, you'll lose her as a friend. That's right. Which I thought that was yeah. Yeah, especially when you you get to Tournament Funster and he's talking about you know you, you, you leave me alone. I'm going to buy my own shoes, mum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Now, we're going to go on to, to uh, the uh, black side of the album. Now, the black side of the album, entirely written by Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did every piece on that. As a matter of fact, uh, I mean, for example, Ogre Battle. Uh, o- o- Ogre Battle is probably the... the <laughs> it's probably the, the song that ended up pulling the most research. And it's not even... It's not even the, the, the single for the album. Uh, it, it, it's... Yeah, it, it's an incredible... Incredible piece of music. It was written in 1971. It's one of the earliest songs on the Queen set list, but it was never on the first album recordings. Queen waited until they had more freedom in the studio so that they could record the track properly. Uh, it was uh, the inspiration for the title of the Quest Square Enix video game by Yasumi Matsuno. Very nice. Uh, Very good. Yeah, Very you. good. Uh, the, the game was uh, called Ogre Battle, mm-hmm. and uh, when they released it in the United States, uh, Matsuno went so far as to title it Ogre Battle, The March of the Black Queen. Two Queen songs in one title uh, for a video game. Um, Matsuno, a, a, an avowed uh uh, an avowed Queen fan did this also with uh, another game. Uh, he titled another Ogre Battle game, uh, "Let Us Cling Together," off of the uh, Day at the Races album, Territoriante. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, this is th- th- this is actually a, a rather remarkable piece. I-, I think we should just go right in. Let's do it. <laughs> 
song about rejection and heartache just beautiful beautiful song uh, and before that was the fairy fellas master stroke uh, and and all them uh, uh, <laughs> nice little bass drum sorry I, fe- I, I, I fell off the chair sorry <laughs> no, it was so good I, I, I lost my consciousness there for a second uh, we, had, we had ogre battle fairy fellas master stroke and nevermore uh, written really as a trilogy uh, or, or medley by freddie um yeah, all, all three of these, as I, I mentioned, everything written by Freddie Mercury, but uh, the Fairy Fellas Master Stroke was inspired by Richard Dad's painting of the same name that hangs in the Tate Gallery. It was uh, painted while he was in a lunatic asylum for murdering his dad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a laugh a minute, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. No, the, re- the reason, the reason I, I find that particularly amusing is, I don't know if you've ever... Like, you've seen the picture, obviously. Uh, yes, yeah. And I'm talking to the people out there who haven't seen the picture. Just between you and me, it's rubbish. Seriously, I don't, I'm not a big fan, obviously, but um, yeah, it's it's obviously the work of a deranged mind. It's got to be said. And, uh, de- well, I, I can't disagree with that, but I will say uh, uh, both uh, both Queen and Neil Gaiman, uh, Gaiman for folks like uh, uh, Will Riggs, uh, it, uh, they've all stated that uh, the the pictures are not near as impressive as actually being in the presence. Right, you've got to actually see it. Itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll make a day trip of that. Well, if we can, you know, take a side, take a side walk down, uh, you know, get some fish and chips and stuff. And yeah, yeah no, I'm in. Yeah, no, if I, it's culinary related, I'm in, mate. Absolutely, well, absolutely. Yeah, we go to the Tate and then we, you know, spend the rest of the night, you know, pub hopping. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Going to pub crawl, it'd be all right. Uh, but uh, Roger Taylor called the song Queen's biggest stereo experiment, uh, referring to the extensive use of uh, panning in the mix. Um, like the painting song is heavy with uh, medieval fantasy elements and uh, as I I, uh, well, I hadn't made mention this is just what we were talking about before uh, the uh, album at Queen 2 actually included a fold out reproduction of the painting uh, when, whenever Queen had free time Freddie had dragged them all down to the taint so that they could take a look at the painting uh, <laughs> I hope it was free admission <laughs> yes well indeed I mean yeah and it, you can see I mean you look at elements of it and it's got elements of like you know Hieronymus, Hieronymus Bosch and all that good and, right. and it's, it's, it's certainly it's a very busy painting it's got to be said oh absolutely you know there's a lot going on there 
Um, so yeah, you can see where uh, if if you have the right mind, and if you're the kind of person who writes things like, you know, the Orcs battle or the Elves battle or whatever, you know, o- ogre battle, yeah, whatever. It's it's the Lord of the Rings. Um, it's it's the sort of thing that'll uh, get the old uh, inspirational juices flowing. No, no, Lord of the Rings is Led Zeppelin. Led all Zeppelin's right, yeah, it's it's all the same to me. Elves, Orcs. Eh. <laughs> Well, so so move on to the, the next. The next is probably the magnum opus of the album, uh, and that would be The March of the Black Queen. March of the Black Queen was written by Freddie Mercury, uh, like everything else, except for, of course, the single single on the album. Uh, was not released as a single. It's the second longest composition, six minutes and 31 seconds uh, in uh, Queen's entire catalogue. The only song that beats it out is... Uh, that would be, I think, it's a little tune called Bohemian Rhapsody. That would be right. That'd be right. I think people would be interested to hear that too. It's a very, very little known track. Is it little known? Very. It's too bad. It, yeah, I understand. It's I understand. It's very well done. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, now March of the Black Queen is a, a polyrhythm polymeter song, which means it contains two different time signatures at the same time. Uh, and uh, Brian May considers this track to be the precursor to Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, Roger Taylor recalled that well, the tape actually went transparent, uh, tape going over the head so many times that the ox- uh, the, the oxide wore off, uh, which is uh, actually, I'm speaking of Bohemian Rhapsody, is a, a quote that is often uh, mis- uh, misattributed to him talking about Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. not talking about uh, March of the Black Queen. Right. Uh, March of the Black Queen has never been performed live, although the song, because uh, the song was considered too complicated, although elements of it has been have been used in medleys. As a matter of fact, I want to say it was 1970, either 77 or 79. Uh, somebody, uh, a fan, had uh, yelled a request of March of the Black Queen, and March of the Black Queen's piano is what Freddie played just a little bit. So, so we're going to go ahead and listen to March of the Black Queen.
behind me reminds me Sad at your wings, you are an angel Remember to deliver with the speed of light A little bit of light Everything you do bears a will Of love and joy In each and every soul Lies a man very sweet But even till the end of his life He'll bring a little
so that was Funny How Love Is, preceded by the March of the Black Queen. Uh, and, and, and like so much of this album, kind of written a, as a, a pairing. Uh, you know, everything lined up together. It's very nice. Uh, Funny How Love Is, kind of done in that old, uh, uh, was it uh, a doo-wop uh, wall of sound kind of idea, uh, which actually... Uh, the producer for this, I was telling Phil uh, uh, during uh, uh, as we were listening, that the producer for this uh, Robin, I believe it was Cable, uh, Robin Cable had actually uh, met Freddie when they were looking for someone to uh, do a performance of Phil Spector's, uh, or uh, I don't know, if it, I don't think Spector wrote it, but it was the Spill Phil. That's easy for you to say, right? Yeah, good stuff. I, I I do this at least once a show. Getting late, mate. Getting right? late. We're doing it. <laughs> it's a, it's a, uh, it was a Phil Spector produced, um, you know, the the nineteen fifties girl band. Um, uh, could I've lost it now? What was it? It was the Wall of Sound, is what it, it was. was. The Wall of Sound. That's the production method that, right, that it was, was used. It's going back. Was the other one? Uh, uh, we just talked about it. Oh, it's, that's, that's oh, ages ago, mate. You're right. These the concussions. They catch up with you. Apparently, I need more. Then. <laughs> oh, it's so terrible. Funny how love is. Uh, I can hear music. That's what it was. There you go. Thinking you're going back and I can hear music. Ugh, I was going to tell you that, but I thought I just liked what you suffer. Well, I, you know, I appreciate you letting me work it out on my own. There you that's, go. That, that, that's the important part. Never mind whether or not we seem professional. Uh, yeah, it's, what matters is whether or not I overcome my learning disability, which <laughs> is apparently brain damage. Uh, uh, and apologies to anyone who's brain damaged out there and is offended by this. Uh, I came back mine uh, someone hit me with a cricket bat uh, so now what we're getting to is we're getting to the actual finally finally the single on the album uh, the ever famous Seven Seas of Rye Seven Seas of Rye was composed by Freddie Mercury it was the very first single that Queen had that actually uh, placed well charted well its chart position was number 10 so it was a top 10 single for Queen on their second album it was really uh, really incredible for them the success of the Seven Seas single persuaded Freddie Mercury to pursue music full time song ends with a crossfade into a British Hall song I do like to live uh, I do like to be beside the seaside which uh, is whistled at the beginning of Brighton Rock on the Sheer Heart Attack album, which will be next week's album. So it's a nice little contiguous tie-in right there. I believe they're called a segue. Oh, yes, a segue. There you go. Not just, uh, not just something for uh, more cops to ride around on. Uh, the song starts with uh, arpeggios being played by Mercury on both hands an, uh, an octave apart, unlike the instrumental from the original Queen album, which is a single arpeggio. The song is uh, definitively about the fantasy realm Rai created by Mercury and his sister uh, Kashmira. Uh, the black side is considered to be entirely about Rai uh, by a contingent of fans, uh, which uh, fuels the concept album theory. Mm. Let's go ahead and listen to Queen's first top 10 hit, Seven Seas of Rock. Believe us, and before we were his 
Folks, if you could see the look on, on Will Riggs' face. Of course, that was because I was, uh, as as it was fading out, I was singing, Oh, I do like to live beside the seaside. Beautiful. I do Voice like of an angel. to live beside the sea. I just couldn't remember the rest of it. And I'm not oh, gonna, I know the whole thing, I, but I, I'm not going to inflict anybody with it. <laughs> It's, 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 ladies and gentlemen, be, stay tuned for uh, for the the uh, all the Queen's Men uh, pub crawl and hall songs. Yes, uh, coming to a pub that will be thrown out of near you. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and quickly too. So that that is the uh, that, that's the extent of the original uh, 1974 release of Queen Two. But in 19 or sorry 19 nothing in 2011. Queen went ahead and uh, released remastered uh, releases of the uh, of of their entire discography, and the deluxe albums included uh, little bits and bobs, bonus pieces, uh, and we're going to go ahead and listen to uh, some of them. Uh, but the the first one, actually, the first one and the last one is uh, uh, is actually where I, I I have to say it. Um, Nigel was wrong. Um, again, yeah. Th- this is this is a left absolutely again. This is a, this is a leftover track from the Smile days, and I had said last show that doing all right was the only uh, only Smile track to make it to the Queen discography. Uh, but no, see what a fool I've been. Written by Brian May, was uh, a part of the Smile uh, the the Smile catalog. It was inspired by the song "That's How I Feel." It's a blues song by uh, Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee. May had heard the song on a TV program, but never caught the name of the song. He just remembered the riff and some of the lyrics, uh, which uh, "See What a Fool I've Been" was written around. Uh, May never knew what uh, what song I- what the song was that inspired it until 2004, when a fan sent May a copy of the CD with the recently released track. Ever the gentleman. Dr. May announced his plans to contact their estate and work out the long overdue royalty issues on his uh, website. That's a check you want to receive, isn't it? I'm, nice yes, one. Yeah, Garris, I mean, come on, coming from, it comes from Queen. Of course, class, yeah. class. I mean, some some people might sit there and go, you know, I'm just going to mount it on the wall. You're not going to cash it and... Uh, no. Right there. So, uh, let's go ahead and listen to See What a Fool I've Been, and uh, Phil and I will talk about the, uh, the, the rest of the uh, reissues in between. Perfect. Well, she's gone, gone this morning. See what a fool I've been, oh Lord, I say. Sixteen coaches on Oh Lord, 
Will's in here. I'm singing along to the end of the song, and Will's in here threatening to take me off mute. You forget me. I uh, I, I, I sang and posted it on my Twitter for uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody movies. Um, so, yeah, I know how bad I sound. Uh, so, that was See how What a Fool I've Been. Uh, I, the, I was telling Phil earlier, when they did the uh, 1991 uh, remaster release on Hollywood Records, they included a couple of uh, B-sides and other things, and See What a Fool I've Been was actually the B-side uh, that they tacked on, as well as a, a remixed version of uh, Seven Seas Rye, kind of the, you know, everyone's in the dance mix, kind of, ooh, let's make something in a dance that you, you, know, you can't really dance to, but let's mix it so that, you know, we can fool people and sell more records. Uh, it, it was nice. I don't know that I could dance to it. Uh, but uh, see what a fool I've been was on there, and so you know I'm, all, I'm always excited when I get to hear something new that I've not heard before, something that that's outside of uh, my, the experience of the regular discography. So I was really very excited to, to have see what a fool I've been. The amusing thing is this version of see what a fool I've been is not the version that was on the 1991 uh, remaster release. Hmm. So there's a, a you know little variations in the lyrics. Uh, Freddie just kind of. Played it fast and loose with the lyrics of "See What a Fool I've Been." Well, it seemed no, it didn't do it any harm, did it? You no, know, no, it, just, no, it seemed no. to work out quite nicely for him. You know, yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of what happens when you're a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can do anything you want. Yeah. yeah, no one gets mad at you about it. So, uh, let's go ahead and uh, listen to the next track on the uh, the remastered disc, the bonus disc. Uh, the fun part is, is I don't even have this written down, so this is going to be sweet. A surprise for us. called White Queen. So sad her eyes smiling dark eyes so sad her eyes
listen to that reaction. I mean, it, live performance of As It Began, The White Queen. Or, sorry, White Queen, As It Began. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this this is one of my contenders for, for favorite May song on this album. Well, I, uh, live as we speak, uh, I've been getting some very positive feedback about that one. Lovely. Uh, people are enjoying it. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, big shout out to uh, all of our, our listeners. We've got listeners now in... Uh, in in Canada, the Great White North, we appreciate you. Uh, we've got uh, uh, listeners in the Emerald Isle. Indeed, God we bless are. you. God bless you. Yes, Thank you so much for listening to this English prat uh, and, and the uh, Irish gentleman sitting next to me. <laughs> that, that was very diplomatically done, if I may say so. Nice one. <laughs> Come on, us. Yeah, face it. The, the, the English gentleman and the Irish Egypt, as you should say. But that's that's all right. Look, 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 let me be completely and totally honest. I, I know, I, I know exactly how much of my my genetic history is just straight English, and uh, yes, it's mostly Irish, Scots, Welsh, English, <coughs> French. Oh, uh, no, we didn't. I didn't. What well, explains why I enjoy Brie? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, of course, uh, we've got friends uh, down uh, San Antonio way. So, uh, uh, shout out to you, uh, Bryson, Veronica. Thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, you know, of course, always a shout out uh, to our dear friend, the Jersey Jack SBC, uh, traipsing about in in uh, merry old England right now. Yes, indeed. And I want to do a, a shout out myself to a Canadian listener, Vanessa. She's listening in right now, live, and uh, she's uh, giving us thumbs up. Oh, lovely! So Thank we're doing so nicely. Much. Thank you very much. Our, co- our our domination of North America begins now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. First things first, no more soccer, it's football. Carry on. That's <coughs> right. right. Uh, next, we're going to go ahead and listen to an instrumental track. Uh, it is the uh, instrumental of uh, the Seven Seas of Rye. So, let's go sailing. One, let's do it. Two,
Yeah, well, I, I wasn't going to speak over Freddie. I was going to let no, him no, get no, his no. last words in. Yeah, exactly. That was, you know, and, and we were commenting, nice little bass solo there yeah, at the end. Yeah. Um, I almost wish we didn't uh, uh, like to be beside the seaside. <laughs> I mean, I would have, I kind of would have liked to give, give, give Deaky another, an, another bass solo. He's That's got right. maybe, maybe two, three bass solos. That man was a talented bassist. All right. So next, uh, next, uh, we're going to listen to uh, a, a very, very short track. It's uh, uh, Nevermore, but it was uh, recorded at the BBC. Uh, and uh, I believe you can find uh, I think this recording is available on uh, the Queen on Air Uh, so we're going to go ahead and listen to uh, the very lovely Nevermore talking about uh, while we were listening is is that the BBC recordings were actually done for a, a, a series of uh, BBC programs. Uh, the Queen would come to the studio and record. Usually, uh, I want to say it was a, a four-track uh, or a, a four-track deck, and uh, w- which required Queen to do a lot of um, uh, musical maneuvering so they could get as much of their sound there as possible. It's one of the reasons why the BBC recordings uh, are sound so fresh in comparison to the the full album recordings yeah they had to, um, they had to do a lot of technique work on it oh yeah, yeah tremendous yeah. amount of technique work um now uh phil and i were just talking we're not really going to do the the bbc uh the, the bbc set that was released uh queen did release the bbc set, bbc set it's called queen on air it's available in uh both i believe uh, a a small i want to say two disc set and then there's a full uh, three, four disc set that not only includes the studio recordings at the BBC, but also has uh, a couple of live concerts that the BBC had, uh, the BBC had had recorded and uh, done later. And now we're back to Queen. Uh, actually, and the amusing thing is, is uh, you know, I make a little fun about the BBC, but uh, the BBC was actually uh, the on-air recordings were actually the inspiration for me to uh, reach out to Phil, reach out to Will, and say, "Hey, I'd like to do uh, a show on Queen, uh, album by album, in the BBC fashion." Where you know, we listen to the album, we talk about it. So, yeah, uh, great. Now probably a BBC on royalties. Uh, 
Yeah, well, oh, there we go. Yeah. It's not like they don't need a few bob. Let's face it. Oh no, not with Doctor Who. Doctor Who's and they've, they've they've made they've they've made all that money back. I mean, they settled with the Metropolitan Police over the blue box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, they're B- good. B- B- BBC is good for it. As a matter of fact, the BBC should give us money. That's a good idea. If you want to send us money, you and can send it to us care of this radio station. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yes. <laughs> ab, ab, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I will say though, there is at least one of the Queen on air recordings that we will do uh, once we've gone through all the studio albums before we start working on uh, Smile and the solo work. Yeah, we're going to have a little program that I'm going to call Bits and Bobs, uh, and we'll have actually probably the most sought after studio recording for me personally. It was the fast version of We Will Rock You. Mm. The one that opened up uh, things like uh, uh, the 1979 album Live Killers. Never had a studio recording outside of the BBC. Very exciting. Cool. So, last but not least, we're going to go ahead and listen to uh, the original B-side recording of See What A Fool I've Been. So, enjoy See What A Fool I've Been. She's gone, dear. Gone this morning, yeah. I'll see what a fool I've been. Oh, Lord, could you cool?
and that's how I got introduced to see how a fool, uh, see what a fool I've been. Good introduction. Yeah, no, it's a great, yeah, nice great, one. Great track. Well, we've come to the end of our broadcast. As a matter of fact, we oops, we, we skipped a little over. Four oh minutes. well, we're so sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, uh, but uh, uh, you can find uh, all the Queen's men now on Twitter. You can find us at atqm underscore on air or you can send us an email at atqm on air at gmail.com we are looking for uh we are looking for for some guest hosts as a matter of fact uh, we have scheduled a guest host uh, of uh, the jersey jack sbc to be joining us for our uh, bohemian rhapsody rhapsody movie say uh, soundtrack uh uh show uh, that'll be uh, right before the release of the, uh, the the Blu-ray DVD on the 11th of February. And may God have mercy on us all. Absolutely. absolutely. But we also have uh, Spoiler 2000s going to be here in the uh, Young Ideas studios at nice. uh, TrueTexasRadio.com uh, for uh, the News of the World album because he's a, a huge Queen fan and his entrance music for the entirety that he has been working in professional wrestling was uh, Fight from the Inside by Roger Taylor off that album. So it's very exciting. You can find Nigel Rabbit at at Nigel Rabbit on Twitter. And uh, you can find Five Star Phil at uh, Five Star Phil 1 on uh, the Twitter machine. Um, go ahead and send me a line. Nobody, nobody ever talks to me on there. Yeah, absolutely. Send, say something nice to Phil. Yeah, I'm not begging, but I'm, I'm kind of begging. You can also find me at uh, Texoma Pro Wrestling this Friday night in Sherman at the Elks Lodge uh, where uh, I will be doing uh, dastardly deeds. At no. Well, occasionally. Surely not. You know, that's what they tell me to say. Define I, dastardly, though. Well, I, you know, I sell merchandise and hit people with cricket. You bats. dastard. I know. I'm a terrible, terrible person. Uh, oh, of course, thank you so much to uh, Young Ideas uh, and the Young Ideas Studio, TrueTexasRadio.com, for having us on the air. And you will find us again right here at TrueTexasRadio.com at uh, 7 o'clock for our 7 to 8.30, All the Queen's Men. Next week, we're going to listen to Sheer Heart Attack. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps one of my favorite albums. They're all good. Just they, dive in. They're all good. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Arrivederci. Arrivederci.